on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on Thursday, October 21st. Galaxy getting ready for a Saturday game against FC Dallas, looking for nine points in the week for the first time this year. LA Galaxy getting back-to-back wins over the Portland Timbers and the Houston Dynamo. We're going to talk about that Houston game and why it was such a great game. doesn't mean the Galaxy played great, but it was a great game. Allowed the Galaxy to do something they have not been able to do all year, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, get you updated on MLS salaries, just basically going over some stuff and some league-wide stuff, some 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 team stuff for the LA Galaxy. Uh, and then, of course, getting you ready for that FC Dallas game as well. I'm sure there'll be some other side tracks as we get rocking and rolling in this one. But to help me do all of the fun stuff, he's back. He's here. He's wearing Dodger gear. It's Mr. Eric, the Portuguese hamburger. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's going all right. That was a nice little turn of phrase that you had there. He's nice. He's here. He's filling in for Mike McGee. He's wearing his Dodger gear. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're not on the live, uh, if you're not in the YouTube chat, you miss miss those little intros that Josh spices it up with so uh yeah fun times again i I am wearing my dodger gear so i think things are in hand right now right now we're in the the bottom of the seventh seven two lead so i don't think we're going to have the drama like we had last time we were following uh (laughs) intently uh you know for for a big finish i think we're 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 safe in hand i'm sure the chat will keep us abreast of what's going on but uh i think we i think that's safe to say the dodgers are still alive in the series okay that's good that's good we'll you know Keep the faith, that type of thing. Uh, if, if you notice, my notes actually say that uh, Josh is filling in for Bruce Arena uh, and and Eric is filling in for Mike McGee. And whenever I said that, I said, I would totally listen to that podcast, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I am I am here for that show. So uh, I am. Uh, it, it, was, it was funny, you know, just like and it, I always imagine that if somebody actually read that and didn't know, they would be like, oh, now I'm disappointed. Who are these guys compared <laughs> to, to to Bruce and Mike, you know? Yeah, we're we're a big drop off after <laughs> if you have Bruce Huge. and Mike as potential hosts. Yeah, we we we're, talk, we're a disappointment. We talk all of, all the time about the drop off on the bench, Eric. You know, whenever you have the yeah. starters come in, and what's your drop off? In this case, it goes off a cl- like three hundred foot cliff. We are yeah. we are somewhere down at the beach, and Bruce and Mike are up, you know, kissing Everest uh, up top there. So I I, I think that's the only way <laughs> yeah. to say that. Yeah, we're going. Uh, you know, first team, and then like you know, U twelve. 
Academy boys. That, that's that's where we land. Yeah. You know, so I think the U-12s you know. could probably handle us uh, <laughs> easily. That, that's almost. Yeah, that's disrespectful to the U-12s, which that's is not what I meant to do there. L.A. Galaxy getting a three nothing win. Eric, uh, listen, <laughs> after the nine game winless streak, getting a win against Portland, which was hard fought, maybe a little lucky and, and certainly. And I will say similar things about the Houston game, which there was some luck involved in this, but also if you're working hard and you're generating chances, these luck things that didn't go the yes. galaxy's way, a will go your way. Uh, clear penalty kick that sort of got everything started. It was funny. Sasha Kleshin ended the game with a uh, with a penalty kick against Portland that F. Ryan Alvarez drew. Sasha Kleshin sort of, quote unquote, started the game uh, with a penalty kick that got the L.A. Galaxy rolling after Kevin Cabral got fouled in the box. Again, very clear penalty. No, I actually listened to the to the Dallas feed and the Dallas highlights or, or the uh, the Houston feed. Uh, all those Texas teams are the same. Um, all all <laughs> yeah, eliminated from the pay- playoffs, every single one of them. So um, there were a lot of yeah. secession jokes after I made that comment, by the way. I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed all that. But, um, you know, it, it was clear. I was listening to the, to, to the Houston uh, commentators and they were sort of like, oh, I don't know about that. It looks pretty soft. And they saw the replay they're like, no, 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 that's a penalty. Yeah, that's that's pretty, pretty hard to to miss that one. So, yeah, well, it's one of those. The argument is all well, you get when you get the ball, you know, but he, you can't get the ball and go cleats up and get ankle and then still claim that you know you well i got the ball well sure <laughs> yeah. you got a lot of other things too so yeah I, I could see the argument if you're a houston homer but but it was pretty clear to me as well uh a three nothing win the most goals the the galaxy have scored since their three three draw with lafc uh the only time the galaxy have scored more goals was against portland in that four one victory uh i you know i think the the portland game up until this point that four one victory over portland um, was one of the quote unquote easiest games the Galaxy have had. Um, I would say that this was very similar to that. The Galaxy had to work very yeah. hard in the first half. They had to do all the things. They had to get in positions. They had to be where they needed to be. But getting two goals in that first half, I mean, you know, Efrain Alvarez, and we, we'll talk about a whole bunch of things, but Efrain had, you know, a great, great, I'd say 60, 70 yeah. minutes and then give him the rest of it because he he battled and did a whole bunch of things, um, you know, to put him there. Kevin Cabral gets the third. I'll talk about how he trolled every single one of you um, on that particular goal as well. <laughs> um, there was the proposal during the Kevin Cabral goal. Oh. I don't know if everybody's seen that it's 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 so you beautiful. have to look that up oh it's perfect oh uh, it yeah. was yeah it was it, it, it was it, it was so much fun i don't have the video i i should have grabbed it okay. and should have done but i'll just i just say it's out there the galaxy tweeted it out like a whole bunch of people tweeted it out and it's just yeah there's so many things that were wrong with that particular get, yeah. go go over the list of things that are wrong with that proposal eric so so one it's a wednesday night right so if you're going to propose midweek mls I, I, there's already some red flags being being raised here. Uh, then <laughs> you you had the whole half, so that Houston is losing. You had an entire half to pick your moment, and you waited until the game kicked off and started. Then the, you know the Galaxy are on the attack, and then that's the moment that you choose to make it happen. And then <laughs> you know someone's filming and you know trying to capture the sweet moment, and then all of a sudden the attention turns and Kevin Cabral's there and just you know sucks the air out of the crowd. I mean. What, <laughs> What a way to spoil the moment. It was just everything was wrong well, with that proposal. So, you know, thoughts and prayers to whoever that couple is because they're going to feel it. like they're doomed. They're, yeah. they, it feels like they're they're sailing into a headwind on this one to just to start. I mean, first of all, the fact that you're proposing at a Houston Dynamo game, I think already sort of, uh, by yeah, the way, well, you had, I don't want to be that disrespectful, but you're right. Yeah. Okay. But you had all year to do it, but you waited until, true. until they got eliminated from the playoffs in order to do it. <laughs> well, like, <you> wait. <laughs> yes. 
Counterpoint, you yeah. waited till the LA Galaxy were in town. You needed a little, you know, star power X factor, a little spice. Yeah. <laughs> Joe in the chat room says, who proposes at a soccer game, especially a last place team? <laughs> like, do you do you get a ring that has the wooden spoon on it if somehow like Houston drops all the way down? I mean, like where where I, I listen, there are diehards for every team. I get it. A hundred percent. It's just unfor- I think anyone, I think we need to think about the planning on this. One. And by the way, poor, poor, poor her, because she uh, didn't have anything to do with that timing that's him and i don't know if that's you know is it like rain on a wedding day if you oh, well if you propose yeah. while the opposing team is scoring a goal you're gonna it's good luck you know <laughs> sure Th- oh. that just became an adage as of wednesday can, can i say that was maybe the most exciting part of that game because there, I, listen there were some good things it was a very good game but it was a very controlled game for the galaxy which we haven't seen but that was to me i think the best thing that came out of this this whole game um just absolutely from a, from an observer point, there are tons of good things for the galaxy to come out of this game. Let's talk about um, the lineup here real quick, uh, just in case you were living under a rock somewhere. Oh, look, the LA Galaxy have a four four two again. Um, I don't I don't <laughs> a know. Fake four four two. It's a fake four four two. It's not a four four two. I complained about this on Monday. I'm going to complain about it again. They're they're just setting things up to be wrong, and I don't understand it. It's like it. What you think Houston's fold that Kevin Cabral is going to like be out there? Listen, he was up on that front line like he always is as a winger. Is, which is where yeah. he plays. He makes his runs from a little bit deeper. Um, I did think that there was a lot of interesting movement in this where Cabral would go high and Chicho would pull underneath. Um, and by the way, Chicho's all of a sudden Mr. Assist, like, you know, just trying to get the ball to everybody. <laughs> and he could have had maybe three assists. He, in fact, he told me after the game, I was, I was trying to be really careful with my question, Eric, because, you know, Javier is very much a, I don't care if I score guy. Right. And I sort of wanted yes. him him to get the whole, hey, but you're getting <laughs> we've re- had this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you're getting really close, Javi. I mean, I know I know you're a team guy. I know you want to the whole day. He goes, he goes, I don't worry about it because I almost got three assists tonight. Like, really, when you look at it the whole day, I'm like, OK, I, OK, I just, you know, it, <laughs> in a way I sit there and say, could he just be like a little ticked off that he hasn't scored? Just like I well, just just a little. What do you think to, to bring it back to Ted Lasso, as we always do? Uh, you know, if you haven't caught up on on season two, it's a mild spoiler, but I don't, I don't think it. At this uh, it point, takes away nobody has an excuse. At this point, so Jamie Tart, you know, has become uh, more of a team player, and and you know they they notice you know you're actually you're you're not a jerk anymore. You're not you're not an a hole. Right. You kind of need to be an a hole, and it just I go back to to Zlatan. Zlatan was maybe a little too far in the other direction. Full, full, full bore. <laughs> he, full bore. Yes. He was going to get his. Zlatan was going to get his. And so I think I'm with you. I, I, I'd i like to see a little more of that that bite and that that hunger. Uh, a player that I always kind of reminds me of is Giassi Zardes. Giassi Zardes, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a Giassi Zardes stan. I, I love the guy. But I, I just wish he had like a little bit of that killer instinct. And, and, and that's to no fault of his own. He's, you know, you can tell he's like a great dude, great dad you know, just, just a like awesome guy, a good guy. And so that probably isn't part of his personality. So it's not going to be part of his game. So I think Javier is probably similar. So Javier doesn't have that, no, it's, it's uh, you know, there. that, that mean streak, that angry side and, you know, and that's okay. But, but I'm with you. You, you, <laughs> we've had this conversation where, you know, any questions for Javier and I'm like, well, maybe this, and you're like, well, I know exactly how that answer answer is going to go. So, so you're right. He, he's never going to, put it on himself and say that he wants to get the records. And it, so he's going to be a team guy first, which is great, but, but you're right. It, it would be nice to see just a little bit of that, you know, a little bit of selfishness is in a striker. 
that's a good trait to have. Yeah, it, it's not bad. Um, by the way, the chat room is cracking me up with with their marriage proposal talks. Uh, uh, LA Native says if she goes with <laughs> you to a midweek MLS match, she might be the one. That is that is a very that's, true statement. That's a fair point. That is, and yeah, we missed that. That's so a keeper. Thank, thank you for for yeah. for bringing that. Um, uh, Diego says when they have a kid, they should call it Kevin now, which is just like. <laughs> and then Patrick <laughs> with a French accent though. You need yeah, an accent yeah, over yeah, the eye. Ke- yeah. Kevin. Um, um, so so is that Patrick says well obviously you know the reason. And there was midweek dynamo games he couldn't afford the astros tickets which hey those are expensive <laughs> right now so i understand that's, that's, and, that's, yeah, alcs yeah and, fair enough and and also this is our son cabral <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, oh, good times thank it, you it, i mean it really it it had it all it was the video that had everything <laughs> i think we should just can. spend the rest of the podcast talking about the proposal quite honestly because yeah. it was way better than that and by the way i wish them all the luck I, I, there's no ill ill will <laughs> of in this. course it's just it's yeah. just funny it is funny um, it's funny yeah Hey, it's and they've got a great story. They absolutely, uh, yeah. I proposed, and then the galaxy scored, and that's why we got divorced three years later. Um, that's that was too that was, I think that was over the line. Uh, Chicharito, uh, up top, uh, playing there, Kevin Cabral in there, Sebastian Legette, Sasha Kleshton. So, um, Vanny doing more rotating than I actually thought he was going to do. I thought Legette made sense just because, uh, Victor Vasquez. You knew he played so many minutes in the game against Portland, and you're like, it's tough for him to sort of do it, and maybe you know they can bring him on in the second half. And if you listen to Nikki K, she even talked about Ravelison and possibly uh, Victor Vasquez being available in that second half. And the bottom line is that uh, when you look at this with a question starting, and by the way, the guy who the guy who apparently is going to take this team all the way to the playoffs now is Sasha Kleshin, who played. 90 full minutes yeah. in this game just balled out of his mind i don't know how to explain this to people who don't mm-hmm. understand sasha question but like I, the guy was getting ragged on two weeks ago eric whenever yeah. you know he was talking and saying we're fine i'm not worried about this team the whole deal well he's not worried because he he's gonna play now and now he's gonna yeah. like you know he's turned it up to 10 he's decided that he's already in playoff mode you can see he's like no there's i, I will leave it all out there do not care Speaking of being selfish and getting yours, I, I will tell you that two weeks ago there was a guy who said, "You know who hasn't been getting enough play is Sasha Kleshin because when he's been on the field, he's been excellent this season and he's been better than he was last season. So to see him get the accolades and to get the get the love that he's getting, you know, I, I made a Photoshop that kind of went went wild and some players were sharing with the you know <laughs> son Kleshin, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to see him getting that." recognition it's pretty incredible because you know he's just quietly doing his job being uh, uh, having that leadership in the locker room you know not making a lot of noise just being that presence when he was called upon he did his job he didn't make mistakes when he was in, in the game so now you know when the pressure is on and they needed that special spark he's the one who's provided it and just, so when it all lines up and it's the right guy who it happens to it's just it's something's in the air Something something magical's in the air, and and Kleshin just seems to be the right guy to to kind of be pushing that ship in that direction. Do do by the way, before we go with the rest of the lineup, do we believe Sasha's lore here that he picks the penalty kicks in the morning? <laughs> Does like he ask his kids which way he should go in the morning, and then that's just it? Because how could how could anybody know what his kids are going to pick? Right? It's not his mind. He the kids are. I mean, is he is he the new sort of? Do we believe any of this? I feel like it's growing into a story that is that is not true, I'm, but it feels very <laughs> true. For, first of all, how dare you? Yes. And, and second of all, as a man who who loves his superstitions, yeah, I, I totally believe it. You know, you, when you when it works one time, that's all. It that's only all it has takes. to work one right. time. 
that, that, and so as long as you, you know, you keep that, that going, then you should be good to go. And I think we mentioned it when we were doing our, our Twitter spaces yesterday. Um, but with that penalty kick being, he, he started the game. He technically didn't start the game, but the penalty kick being his first action since the last penalty kick, that's, that's a nerve wracking thing it's because the goalkeeper knows you scored a penalty in the last game. He knows the direction you went into that game. So there's a lot of mind games at play and a lot of nerve that, you know, a lot, a lot of players, there's a mental game to taking penalties. It's, it's not, and not, not as e- easy as it looks. And I could, t- I could tell you that from experience. And so when, Oh, keeper you, knows where you, you're going to go. You've taken a professional, uh, professional penalty <laughs> kick goal. Is this? Are, are we extending you, our knowledge I, I, a little I, I bit? Was, I, I was, I was going to see if you were going to call me out on that. But yeah, I, we. What's our favorite thing to do? Compare ourselves to professional of course, athletes, of course. But, 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 you, so, someone who's gotten in their own head uh, about the direction you're going to go to the penalty. That's where I was going with it. But, you know, he, should he have gone the other direction? Because and he to keep that nerve, still went in the same direction. And, and, you know, did his job. I, I think his one against Portland was better taken. Yes. But at the same time, you know, it, he it was it was a decision and he decided I'm going to I'm going to stick to it. And so that, that's not as easy as I think, you know, uh, you know, people may realize. Uh, remember, Chicharito was was only four goals and I haven't looked at the scoring since uh, since then, but he was only four goals away from that top with Ola Kamara. I haven't seen if Kamara scored or if it's gotten any bigger or anything like that. I didn't pay attention. But what I'm but the thing here is that Chicha doesn't take penalty kicks anymore because, you know, he, he's not great at him. Um, yeah. And and that's that's well, fine. The mental piece to it. it yeah, it's a, that's fine. Listen, do not make somebody take a penalty kick that is not good at them. Right. That's the worst thing you could do because it's there's a there's a thing in here. You have to believe in yourself. You have to know. And by the way, if you, you miss or you get stopped, it has to not bother you. Um, you know, yeah. those those are things that if you miss the goal completely, it can bother you. I imagine Landon Donovan still thinks about 2009 every other week. Um, that's what I would do. I still think about 2009 every other week. So um, <laughs> it's it's one of those. Uh, so, yeah. so, you know, he does that, but if Chicha was taking these penalty kicks, he would be up near that top as well. Like if he could score them, that's obviously there's a bunch of ifs in there, but Ola Kamara, <laughs> I know does take penalty kicks for DC is getting those yeah. penalty kicks. So whenever you're looking at the non penalty kick goals, Chicharito is one of the leaders in major league soccer on the non penalty kick goals. So just sort of keep that in mind as you're watching all the stuff go down and, um, the, the final piece of this lineup that we really haven't touched on yet, Hamelin on the left back, Julian Araujo on the right back, very, you know, I, I think that that's going to stay very similar here on out. I just yeah. don't know if Viafania is going to be back in time and going to be feel comfortable enough coming in, but it's about the guys in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. the, the game against Houston was the, the best defensive performance outside of that Portland game. And listen, I think the Portland game was a better defensive performance for the galaxy. And they got scored on. Um, That's fair. I uh, I can see that. But I will say this, that the Galaxy's defensive performance against Houston was very solid, was a very good game. Um, And the guy who's back there, who's making everybody, especially me, eat crow uh, about him, um, always liked him, just didn't know if he was going to be the guy. Well, he's he's the guy. As I said, I don't think Greg Vanny is changing this. Nick Depew back there with Derek Williams. And I think Derek Williams coming back is a huge recipe piece to why Nick DePew is also very good. I think maybe, and I don't want to say it too loud because I'm afraid I'm going <laughs> to yeah, scare it. Yeah, but, keep your voice down. <laughs> but they feel complementary to each other. Um, Derek Williams likes to wander a little bit away from his line sometimes and go out and be a little more aggressive. And Nick DePew has been in the right positions. Greg Vanny after the game says Nick was in the right spots every time last night. Sasha Kleshen, uh yeah. gave him a shout out after the game as well whenever he was talking to Spectrum <laughs> and said, Nick DePew has been outstanding for them in the last two games, right? And so, um, you know, I think you have to, you have to look at this and say, 
the Galaxy may have something with this defense. Um, and I, I've seen a lot of defenses sort of work more and more towards sort of the goals the Galaxy are giving up, right? I mean, the Galaxy do not have a great defense, but if you're looking at sort of the trend in which they're going, they're trending in a very nice direction right now. I think you have yeah. to be pretty pumped up about it. Yeah, especially when you look back at that winless streak and what was one of the main missing ingredients was Derek Williams. So with Williams now back, um, I think he's been outstanding the last couple of games. And then Depew, you know, right next to him, like you said, they're complementary complementary pieces. And when we look back to the beginning of the season and all of the different permutations of which defense is going to be the best defense, I did not have Derek Williams and Nick Depew on my bingo card as the two that are going to be taking us, you know, into the postseason. But based on the lineup that Vanny has put out there, we talked about, you know, he needs to kind of pick his what's his starting lineup, who are his go-to players, and I think you can kind of read between the lines with some of the guys who were maybe getting some minutes at the beginning of the season, but now they're spending some time at G two. Uh, the guys who are in the regular rotation, um, you know, I think Vanny has his guys. He knows who his best eleven is, and I think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think you, you keep Williams and Depew in there, uh, and even with Villafania, I know we like Villafania. But Hamilton's been doing fine, and so again, why why mess up the chemistry? Keep things going. I think this is this is the backline that the Galaxy are going to ride with because uh, it seems to be working, you know. And I know it's I know it's Houston, and I know they were you know after especially after the own goal they were demoralized. They were done, but, but they also had feisty moments, right. and and the defense had to come up big. And Bond Bond also deserving of team of the week. You know, he came up when he was called upon. So uh, he, he's also another big part of that. You know, there was kind of that lull in the middle of the season. We thought, you know, is, is Williams bad? Is Bond not the guy who we thought he was? Uh, and now we're starting saying, oh, maybe they are. They're, it's in there. You know, that, that was just a, a bit of a slump. But those the talent is is showing that it is in there. It's a it's an interesting game. I, you know, I was talking on Monday and everybody kept shouting me down, telling me, no, 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 this wasn't going to happen. I was saying that you didn't really know which Houston was going to show up. And everybody's like, oh, they're going to be pumped up. They just beat Seattle. I'm like, they got eliminated from the playoffs in that same day. So it could go either way for me. And I think that they're a fragile team because of that. Right. And so whenever I was talking, it was really about, hey, if the L.A. Galaxy can sort of, you know, get in there and get the first goal and look, hey, getting the first goal, 12, two and two now for the L.A. Galaxy, whenever they score yeah. the first goal, it's it's a stupid thing to comment on all the time because it's a duh thing, but is so <laughs> ridiculously important for the L.A. Galaxy. Um, so, so important. Vancouver and Seattle in Portland. Yeah, no, Vancouver and Seattle were the only games in which the Galaxy scored first, but lost. Gotcha. OK, all right. So that was the time they had two other draws in there as well. And I don't remember what they are off the top of my head, but that was the only times they did Seattle. That was actually one of the better games the Galaxy played early on in the season, and they lost that game. Uh, and the Vancouver game, I don't remember. I think the Galaxy, you know, oh, it was in, wasn't, I think it was an RSL, or was the, that one at home? Yeah, that was the one in, yeah, because they didn't play Vancouver in Vancouver. That was one where it was a late, I think it was a late goal that that ended up burying them. Did, did, they, or did they draw that game? Where, the, where I, Here's where I was going yeah. with when I said uh, Portland. Uh, Vancouver at Portland yesterday. Portland had a two-goal lead mm -hmm. in the first half, and Vancouver came back, and they bit them, and they beat them 3-2. And so I think when we were having our conversation with the Galaxy, two up, I think the the own goal demoralized Houston, and they that was the kind of uh, the turning point. But uh, there was still work to be done, and I think that, that that's the important thing. Yes, it is, like you said, a, a bit of a duh thing. You know, if you score the first goal, obviously you're going to have success, success. But at the same time, good teams close out games. You know, so there are teams that can score those opening goals, but they're also teams that that get whatever it is mentally that let down or there's that lapse or you don't keep the foot on the gas and uh, it all falls apart. So credit to them for, for holding it together in the second half and the, the early, the early 
second half goal also helped, you know, because it's not only did you score the first goal, but you scored a goal very quickly in the second half to just basically kill the game off. I think at that point, I, I even tweeted out, you know, game blouses. At that point, 3-0, you know, they're eliminated from the playoffs. It was, it was pretty much a done deal at that point. And even with Vanny's substitutions, it was pretty clear. Uh, you know, the the game was, he felt like the game was well in hand. Uh, chat rooms asking me what I thought about Jonathan Dos Santos. I actually thought he had a very good game. Um, I thought that he controlled the ball well. I thought that he controlled his space well. Uh, between him and Sasha Kleshin, the midfield had bite and it had purpose. Uh, and the Galaxy did well to, to break out and find places. I mean, you know, again, uh, if you're looking for a man of the match and, and sort of in a couple of these things, um, you know, F. Ryan Alvarez comes to mind. Uh, actually, yeah. Kevin Cabral comes to mind. If you look at him drawing the penalty mm-hmm. kick um, and also scoring a goal that, that really sort of put it together. I mean, Chicharito actually had a very good game. He put a couple good shots on goal again. They're just not finding the corners yet. I, I yeah. feel I feel like it's coming, <laughs> but uh, it, it's not there. Um, there were a bunch of really good performances uh, and and especially and I think that there should be some good focus on Efrain Alvarez and the combination he plays with Julian Araujo. They are so comfortable with <laughs> each other. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a very, you know, it, it's a very fluid situation when they get with each other and they just sort of understand how it works. And they really, I mean, if you look at it, the galaxy were very much one-sided running a lot of things on the right-hand side through Araujo and yeah. through Efrain they Alvarez. Had, they had that side all day long. They, you know, they they were really doing it. And then the nice thing about, um, you know, we, we've also been critical of Jonathan Dos Santos, but I think something when Julian Araujo pushes forward, you know, the cover does, you know, what Dos Santos is able to do kind of cover defensively to allow him to do that. You have to give credit there as well. I, I thought Nico was was better on his defensive side of things as well. So Nico Hamalainen, who I think is fine going forward, but certainly it's the backside um, on the, you know, making sure he plays defense is usually the question mark. I thought he played fine. Here is the big takeaway from all of this, though. OK, we can talk all about this however we yeah. want. The big takeaway is that this game is different than any other Galaxy game this season because it allowed Greg Vanny to think about Dallas before this game was over. And I actually talked to Greg about it afterwards. Um, and he says, yeah, he goes, you know, we hope it plays out that way. Basically, you can go watch the full thing over on our uh, over on our YouTube page, Corner of the Galaxy. It's up there as well. Um, you can listen to the full press conference. But basically, he said, yeah, well, we hope it plays that out, plays out that well way. Um, but what? it allowed them to do was sub off guys like Julian Araujo, who was on a yellow card. Right. And you're like, Hey, we could, we need to be careful with him. You don't want him suspended for the next game. Let's make sure we get him off. It allowed you to take Derek Williams off, who is just coming back from injury and has to play a ton of minutes and will absolutely be starting whenever they go against FC Dallas. Right. So that allows them to do that. It allowed them not to play Victor Vasquez, who has a little bit of a, you know, some soreness, some tenderness and some, some areas, that type of thing. So he's doing, you know, that it allows you not to have to play Ryan Revelison, who remember was in Africa and traveling all over there, 18 hour flights mm-hmm. coming back and doing a whole bunch of things. It allowed you to rest him there. It gave you Adam Saldana, um, in the second half, you know, uh, Sasha Kleshin going 90, Efrain Alvarez going 90, O'Neal Fisher getting some time in there. Um, you know, you got to you got to bring on uh, Grand Seer for Cabral in the 60th minute as well. I mean, there's just the, the fact is and that the big goal here that allows you to do that is Cabral's and the movement that happened on that goal is a goal that will be scored in MLS over and over again. Right. The quick yeah. rapid passing Sebastian Legette, Jonathan Dos Santos, Chicharito, Chicharito turns 
looks one way. Everybody sort of shifts that way for a second, and then he fires back the other direction to put Cabral in, and then Cabral with the the world's best troll that I've ever seen. Um, because I know yeah. everybody's yelling, <laughs> "Shoot the ball, Cabral! Shoot yeah. the ball!" Right? And he goes in there and he just stops and he watches the defender slide away. Uh, and then he takes it and he fires into the near post, near post corner. It was the type of goal he should score. Um, and it showed a little yes. confidence in him. I, I enjoyed it. So, um, yeah. Well, I, I think he's, he has that. He's done that to defenders before, made defenders look foolish. And I think the frustration with Cabral for me is that he when he makes those runs, and he had one in the first half where Chicharito sprung him loose, and he just he didn't look like he was sprinting very hard. He just... Very casually, but the way he, his stride, he had the defender beat. He easily was able to maintain control and go into goal, and then he just kind of, you know, weak-footed it into the goalkeeper. With that second goal, with the the goal he actually scored, it was very similar. You know, he when he runs, he runs so smoothly and it's effortless, and he has that, you know, a good. He has the the talent on the ball to make defenders look foolish and pull those cutbacks. So it's all there. And I think to me, that's the frustration with Cabral. I know there are a lot of people. And when we talk about, um, you know, salary and the DP slot, there's, there's some frustrations with him, but I, I, I see it there. It's just, and that's, that's what makes it frustrating is that he can score these goals. He could, he should probably should have more goals than he has on the season. And I think that's the frustration point because why, why can't he do this every game? Because it's there and he showed it that he has it in this game. And it's just, so, so I think when you have, uh, a fan base that is frustrated with him. It's not because he's not good. Right. It's because he is good and that th- you just need to see that full potential realized. So, um, you know, I, I think there are, there are some haters out there and some people who are frustrated with him, but it's, but the, you know, saying that he's not good or saying that, uh, you know, he's a wasted of a DP slot. Maybe that's, you can argue that, but at the same time, when it's on, you have to say that it, it's there. If, if this is the Kevin Cabral we can get every time, makes the defenders miss, easily blows by defenders, then then this is the guy. This is the guy who's going to be worth the DP slot. Who also is you know giving them those young 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 uh, you know U twenty three slots as well. U twenty two, U twenty two, not sure. U twenty three. I knew I messed that it up. U twenty three is also U twenty two. So I mean, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> Dodgers 11, 11 two. Ooh, bottom of the eighth. Things huh? got out, got out of hand. That's that's good. I, I imagine that's good for the Dodgers. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah I, again, I don't think we'll be we staying on Sorry. longer for this. One. No, it's fine. There. Um, <laughs> if we look at the shot map as well, uh, just looking at the LA Galaxy, uh, calm, composed, took their time, created chances. When they took chances, they were high high probability chances. You look at Efrain Alvarez as sort of a high prob- probability goal. Um, you know, that, that feels like it's going in regardless of whether or not, you know, somebody gets to it. Um, and it was, uh, Valentin who, who knocked it in for, into his own goal, but it's put in such a space. And also somebody pointed out effort used his right foot. Um, that was a right footed cross from, from that <laughs> position. And it was like, Hey, everything's, st- you know, good things happen whenever you, uh, whenever yeah. you use your, your other foot. Um, and this comes from a guy who has absolutely only one foot, only right-sided, not left-sided. So if you're ever guarding me, I'm going to move it to my right foot. I would fall over <laughs> if I tried to kick with my left foot. Um, but uh, if, There it is. Yeah. Comparing ourselves to the pros. I mean, but it's I think drink. at least yeah, mine is accurate. At least mine is accurate. You're <laughs> over there like, oh, whenever I took a PK in, in high school, it's the same as Sasha Kleshin. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't really care. Times. I don't really care. Um, but... It, it, you know, when you look at the shot selections that they had, they were dangerous shots. I mean, Chicharito had that full volley that came off the free kick that was beautifully taken. Yeah, that was a good one. And if it goes anywhere but where he hits it, it goes in the goal. It doesn't even have to be like if it's six inches a different way, it probably goes in because it was hit with a lot of uh, venom, as they say. Um, yeah, they he, he full volley. So really good. Um, so you look at that stuff and that that made me feel good. I, I think if you're looking at 
just how they're doing on the passing network as well. It, it's it's fairly well organized. Um, you know, you you see how far up the 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 pitch Julian Araujo gets on this stuff. And listen, he lived on that right hand side along with you know everybody else. Jonathan Dos Santos ended up ch- checking into that side. Efrain Alvarez ended up checking into that side. Um, they were running on that side and using the weak side, the left side, as sort of the relief valve on that. So they would try to move that ball from the right into the left or left center. Um, so it's. It was a really good performance out of all that. And again, the fact that the Galaxy got to rest people is is so monumental and so huge because we yeah. look at this FC Dallas game and before we, we really talk about it, FC Dallas didn't play over the last weekend. So their first game back was on Wednesday night. Um, and it was a tough game for them. They had to struggle and they ended up losing that game. They also ended up getting uh, eliminated from the playoffs because of that loss. So yeah, um, you put and it was the, also at at home for them. And it, it was a home game. So no travel, no travel. So they got a weekend off. They got a midweek game, which fortunately they had to play and they actually had to like be a part of because um, sometimes, you, you know, you get up early and you don't have to. I mean, the worst nightmare for Dallas is that the Galaxy would would pull the game that they did, which basically allowed them to rest yeah. and set up their lineup for for FC Dallas. Um, so, so you can look at all that and, and how it is, um, you know, this FC Dallas game is going to be a, a tricky one. So, so keep that in mind The the big takeaway and, and certainly everybody was looking at it is what the galaxy are able to do with, you know, the lineup. Now that doesn't mean anything if you go out and lose the game, by the way. Uh, and, and, and there's, <laughs> well, there's four games left, Eric, just four games yeah. left. Um, so it, it's really important and it's funny cause I've been asking after every game, okay, there's five games left. How many points do you think you're going to get? Okay. There's four games left. How many points you got? I haven't done the four one yet, but it's funny to see wide ranges. I like the people who had, um, at, at five games, they're like 15 points, man, 15 points. So I'm getting, they're winning every single <laughs> game. It. I'm like, Hey, cool. Yeah. I love it. And then the people were like one, one point, you know, yeah. I don't trust I, this I was closer to that end. I, I think in the, for the month of October, I I predicted five points. I was expecting, uh, you know, some draws and then a loss to Portland and then maybe a draw away at Houston because that's always a tricky game. So they've already exceeded that uh, expectation. They're on seven points for the month of October. So uh, again, this this can be a huge game, especially when you look at you know the conference standings. You know, all bunched up. It's just kind of a a, a bit of a cluster. So the more they can create that separation and Portland leaving the door wide oh, open, I Port, I know, you know this is. I, I don't, don't, don't jump ahead. Just, just wait, just wait. I want, I want to get there in a second, but I want to get through Greg Vanny as well, who reached his 100th win in this one. I want to talk about that. Greg Vanny, hundred MLS wins. Uh, I sort of looked at, uh, what he did in Vancouver, 87 wins, 68 losses, uh, 48 draws there overall, his win percentage the entire time he was with Toronto. And remember that that team was horrible whenever, I mean, much like the LA galaxy, they were horrible whenever he started. Uh, he has a winning percentage of 0.547. Um, so, uh, not bad for Greg. If you look at his, uh, playoff, by the way, his playoff win percentage is like 0.875. Just, just want to say, just, just pointing, That's just, impressive. just don't want to get ahead of myself too far, but Greg Vanny in the <laughs> playoffs, it, it might, you might be, uh, you might think so. You might think it's going there. Uh, Greg was, Greg was obviously a little, uh, deferential, uh, whenever we talked to him after the game, he was in a good mood as you would expect everybody to be in a good mood. So it was, it was fine. Um, he talked 
and basically said, hey, 100 is great. And, you know, he thanked all the coaches and everybody that he's worked with over the times. And the, he goes and to have players go out there and execute execute your game plans 100 times is pretty impressive as well. He goes, you yeah, know, when you put it that way, right, yeah, it, that's impressive. It, the whole thing he goes, but really, I'm hoping, you know, win 102 or 103 or 101 or 102 is more important. Basically, he was talking about clinching a playoff spot. Right. And so that's what he's that's yeah. what he's he's like, oh, I don't need this. This this is nothing. First of all, I don't <laughs> think you get a plaque or anything. So it's not like there's a <laughs> you get something for this It's just you just passed a number on your way uh and and that's it but it, it means something there to should him, be see. there should be a plaque there should be like a gold record or something you know that the, that they give what, you know as a, a, what a memento we, what should we give him we could we could we could come up with an idea maybe we'll let the chat room think about what would you give right. greg vanny for 100 mls wins it's well i have the answer what is it's the answer a, it's a scarf a, go, a golden scarf a golden scarf yeah because you know in toronto he had his you know little scarf look is that too on the nose i don't know I don't know. Do you, do you get it? Like it says 100 wins and does he wear it? And it says, is, yeah, is, absolutely. Okay. It's decorative. It's decorative. And it's in a case. Does he it's like, shadow box. Oh, it's, oh, it's one of those. So he's never yeah. going to wear it. Yeah. He's yeah. just going to hang it up on the no. wall. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. okay. So he'll like put it down like somewhere. Cause you know, coaches will be displayed in his office. He doesn't you know, have time so to decorate. He doesn't have time to decorate during, during the media calls. He'll have it in the background. It'll just be hanging over his head. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why, who would do such a thing to like put stuff in your background for, for calls and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Or, or, or have lights going off in the background. Yeah. You know, you're the getting chat likes the lights. I was going to say, you're getting a lot of, a lot of props for your, for your lights, for your twenty dollars well, lights, and you know, and I'm just, you know, I'm not jealous. I, I, I'm, I'm not jealous. You're not hating. No, this this speaker was way more than tw- than twenty dollars. I'm just okay. in, using all of the enhanced features here, and okay. I have to try to keep up with the with the guestmen's over here with with all those lights. I have to. I, you win again. My own uh, my own pony show over here. You, you win. You win again, as as is usual. Um, dinner with Cosmo. Uh, by the way, Phil the Berm says you should get dinner with. It's quiet. It's a quiet dinner. So if you want to go, there's not a lot of talking there. Um, whenever it happens, uh, let's get to, uh, the team of the week. You already mentioned it as well. Uh, Jonathan bond gets named to the team of the week in the goalkeeping position. Um, I think overlooked a little bit was Kevin Cabral made the bench. Uh, so he was on the bench for this as well. Uh, and, uh, by the way, the coach who won this, uh, Vanny Sartini for, for Vancouver deserves that he was, he was, yeah. that was a crazy game. Can, can we talk for a second about what happened? Well, while, while, while yeah. what happened in, in the land again for the second week in a row, everybody who basically is around the LA galaxy won a game, but they were all losing games whenever we started yeah. the, the galaxy game. Well, that was the funny thing. And again, I, I'll circle back to what we talked about during our, our Twitter spaces at halftime yesterday. We were saying all the results are looking in the galaxy's favor. You know, uh, you know, LAFC was was either tied or losing, losing at the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Minnesota was losing at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Portland was beating Vancouver, so you didn't have to worry about Vancouver, uh, you know, making up ground. And so we're like, hey, you know, this is a good thing for the galaxy because not only are they going to win, but, you know, they're going to be able to create some separation. Uh, but, you know, MLS after dark, you know, their work was not done. And all those other teams managed to to turn around. Minnesota was able to get a comeback win. Vancouver was able to get a comeback win. Vancouver jumped uh, into, the play- into the playoffs position because RSL yep. was yep. idle. Above the line. Yep. So RSL was idle. We'll, we'll go uh, Western Conference uh, standings for you here real quick, and uh, then we'll get to some of the MLS salary talk. Just want to touch on some things. Um, but if you look at it now, Vancouver has the seventh spot. They jumped over Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake still has uh, a game in hand, so they're at 29. Uh, Houston has 31 games. They're furthest along. Kansas City has 29, so if you're sort of paying attention to that. So um, this weekend, it's RSL 
USL, I believe in Portland, isn't it? I, I, I believe they play each other. That sounds right. Yeah, that's. I mm-hmm. think we talked about that earlier today. So um, huge game for both of those teams. Uh, Portland yeah. right now, just one point in front of the LA Galaxy. You want to talk about something that could happen this weekend is the LA Galaxy, if Portland draw or lose and the Galaxy win, would jump over the Portland Timbers and be in the fourth position, which would be a home playoff game position. Well, I didn't is, I didn't think you would see that now, you know, caution before you get too far ahead of everything. One, RSL has a game in hand. That's something to watch um, because they're just uh, three points. Yeah, they're three points below the Galaxy. So they win a game. All of a sudden they're tied and then they could, you know, go ahead. But we'll see how that ends up going. But the other thing is the Galaxy still have to play at Seattle and at Sporting Kansas City in opposite uh, at SKC is first and then at Seattle. Um, so. I mean, I don't think anybody yeah. is is too far away in La La Land here, Eric. Whenever we say that, uh, you know, they're probably going to lose those games. I, I just, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> I would expect a good fight out but, of it, but yeah, that's where you sit. Yeah. So, but basically, like you were saying, five games ago, not even five weeks ago, five games ago, we thought the separation is too big. The Galaxy have fallen too far behind. That home playoff spot that we thought was should have been the goal is is gone. But now the door is open. Portland left the door open. They actually played Colorado on Saturday. Oh, okay. Um, that's, and so that's, that's going to be too. A, a good matchup for the, if you're a galaxy fan, but then, you know, as the galaxy go to sporting Kansas city and Seattle, Portland will have San Jose and they'll have real salt Lake and then Austin to close out the season. So Portland, their games to close out the season are more favorable for them. So it's something you want to keep an eye on, but I think going away to Portland is, is tricky on the turf. Uh, with, with the crowd that they have, I'm, I'm not a fan of that matchup. I'd almost rather go to Colorado than to go to Portland. Ooh, so if they yes, can hop okay. over, yeah, I, I'm just talking I know. from, a, I know. Okay. You get, yeah, I'm okay. just throwing it out there. But, uh, I, I, so I think that's something if they can, if they can try to leapfrog and get that home game, that that'd be huge. Cause having Portland come to dignity health sports park that I'd feel much better about that. <laughs> but again, it's almost like a, a, a no duh type of thing. That, but at the same time, uh, you know, the, the option is there where we thought it, we thought it was gone. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, I will say this. I, it was funny cause I think I was talking to Larry and I'm like, I can guarantee that the galaxy will make the playoffs if they do one thing. And he's like, Oh yeah, what's that? I go win out. I go, they'll make the playoffs. In fact, they'll probably get fourth or third in the, in the Western conference yeah. if they do that. Uh, so there's a chance still for a home play. I didn't think there was going to be a chance. I didn't think. And by the yeah. way, it's just like, it's like five games ago. The galaxy were in fourth. It's not that long ago. And it was during that nine game, <laughs> you know, winless streak that it sort of eventually yeah. fell out, but it wasn't that long ago. The two wins winning in major league soccer, especially in the Western conference, really will shoot you up there. There is no separation between these teams. I mean, yeah. like nothing right now. Um, the LA Galaxy at 1.5 uh, points per game. Portland at 1.53. Uh, Minnesota at 1.47. Vancouver at 1.43. RSL at 1.45. Again, they have a, a game in hand. So, you know, they're technically by points per game in that seventh spot. But that's not how we do things. You actually have to win the games. You have to do all that. LAFC is only three points out of the, the playoff position as well. So all of these things are moving around. If anybody loses at this point, they're going to fall. Um, so Dallas and this game coming up is extremely important, a very difficult game, yeah. super tricky. Um, so it's, it, it, again, just 
calm, be calm with it, but this is a really huge chance for the galaxy. We've talked about it so many times of the galaxy beating people they're supposed to beat, right? And that hasn't happened, by the way. Uh, by the way, yeah. um, they did do something that um, there was only one other team that hadn't beat the LA Galaxy this year, and it was LAFC. And if they would have lost to Houston, then it would have just been LAFC that they didn't lose to yeah. the in the Western Conference, by the way. Uh, somebody said we're also undefeated against the Eastern Conference, which is correct as well. Um, those those <laughs> first two games, right? <laughs> Accurate. Um, but the LA Galaxy now basically are, are guaranteed through this 2021 regular season that they have they did not lose yeah. to Houston or LAFC. Um, so those are the only two teams that they didn't lose to this year. Which I mean, hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, they're exercising some demons, it's, Eric. I can I can it's, feel it's it. The, it's the little victories, you know. If if you would have said they're not going to lose to Houston, I would have easily cashed that bet and, and taken that in. Uh, you know, I, w- I would have been very happy to see that. But you know, transitioning in, into Dallas, or I don't know if we're going to go there yet, but Wait. it is a game that you yeah. need to be careful for because of your your world famous roulette theory. Because FC Dallas is coming in pretty cold as well, and every time we face a team that is coming in cold, it seems to have gone wrong. I, I will say this: that uh, the one thing the Galaxy haven't done this year is win three games in a row, right? They had the long, they had a three game losing streak. I think at one point they, they haven't had a three game winning streak. They had the winless streaks. Um, they have the unbeaten streaks. There's a whole bunch of things that are sort of in there, but the one thing they haven't done is won three games in a row. Uh, this is, this is huge right now. Whenever you look at, at how, how important it would be for the galaxy again, because we talked about the chances of getting six points from Seattle or SKC are slim. Um, if you get two points for those games, you should be jumping up and down. Um, and and if you get a win in either of those games, you outpaced your your points that you should have been getting. Any point you pick up is probably a, a good point. Which the, there's a wise man that I that I once used to speak with, and he used to say you have to peak at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I think right now is the time. And if they seem to be figuring it out, those games against SKC in Seattle, yes. They're at the top of the table. But if you're playing well, if the Galaxy are creating the chances like they've been creating, they're putting away those goals, they're getting those lucky bounces, you know, they're getting those penalty calls in the 90th minute. If those things are going your way, you almost go into those games fearless. And so, yeah, we're, we're going in, chalking them up as losses given the breadth of the season. But it's, it's not crazy to say if, if they get hot and, and they're they're peaking at the right time, they're playing well. The, the Galaxy has played uh, both of those teams, SKC and Seattle, they've they've given them games. They haven't walked away with results, but they've they've looked good in both of those games. So so nothing is over, you know. So it's all there. It's all there to play for. Hey, control your own destiny, right? Keep winning. You yeah. you will make the playoffs, guaranteed, hundred percent. You're locked yeah, don't, in. Don't have to scoreboard watch. No, don't have to do anything. Just keep winning. Uh, just keep winning. It's that simple. Uh, let's go to the <laughs> MLS salary guide. The the fall guide came out. I don't know that there was any huge changes from. Uh, the spring one that we saw. So we'll just sort of go over this uh, quickly. And I once again have done my hack job of a math, uh, you know, sort of compilation here with my charts uh, to tell you who spends the most at what position and all sorts of fun stuff like that. I'll tell you right now, the highest spenders in Major League Soccer are the L.A. Galaxy. There are a bunch of caveats to that, by the way, because, you know, they're still paying people Gonzalez, I think, $850,000 to not be on the team. Now, that's not a salary cap hit, but it's money that they're spending to pay him. 
um, still uh, as that goes. So um, you have that. Uh, the LA Galaxy are number one in spending there. The LA Galaxy are number one in defensive spending. Um, so we we know a lot of these things. I actually went through and ranked all of the the teams at, at different things and, and sort of sorted them by total. So the LA Galaxy rank first in total spending. They uh, are eighth in goalkeeper spending. So eighth is the most, like one is the most, 27th is the least you spend on it, right? So uh, the LA Galaxy are one in total spending, eighth in goalkeeping, uh, first in defense, 15th in midfield. So very much middle of the pack for midfield. Um, yeah. I expect that to change this offseason, actually. I expect the number to get even higher because I think Jonathan DeSantis goes and I think they get a bigger name in there that probably spends more money, yeah. which would really jump that up. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, and then they rank first in in forward spending as well. And obviously, uh, Javier Chicharito is the, is the second highest paid player in the league behind Carlos Vela at LAFC. Um, so you do all of that. And as of today, I redid the, the, um, the chart today. The LA Galaxy are spending the sixth most per point right so you spend all this money how many points do you get and sort of where do you where do you rank on all this so the la galaxy are spending um four hundred and fifty one thousand six hundred and fifteen dollars right now per point and that was updated with the 45 points um they actually dropped a spot from fifth to sixth whenever i did that so which which is a good thing. You, you want to be low on that list. Yeah. And I think Toronto, if I am not, cur- if I am, yeah, Toronto is first in that. And Toronto is spending $770,000, uh, almost $771,000 per point um, on that. So uh, again, yeah, that's th- not good. there's a balance here that you have to look at. Like, you know, um, mm-hmm. I think it is, let's go down to the bottom here and say like Colorado is 26th in spending per point, yeah. right? Well, they're also 27th in total spending. Right. So there, yeah. you know, if you spend nothing and you do well, uh, then your cost per point is really low. But the funny thing is yeah. New England, uh, New England is where I was going to point. <laughs> yeah, they have obviously they have the best spending per point uh, per point. Um, they're 27th in the league, 20th overall in spending, though. They do not spend a ton of money whenever you look at what they uh, what they have. And they're spending one hundred and sixty nine thousand two hundred ninety three dollars per point right now. And their total. Um, payroll is 11.6, almost $11.7 million. The galaxy at $20.3 million. Just yeah, again, I was going to say that's just Chicharito and, uh, just the, the DPs alone are close to what new England's paying everybody. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it's nuts. Again, just some interesting little stats and some things that you can sort of put in here. I mean, Dallas, uh, by the way, uh, you know, has a, a total spend of about $11.986 million if you're looking at them. So the galaxy have, you know, almost double the amount of, of spending that, that mm-hmm. the galaxy or that Dallas does. Um, just some, some interesting little numbers in here whenever you go through it. And Seattle, by the way, is also one of these teams that is like ridiculously, um, sort of efficient in what they're doing 24th in in cost per point ninth total though like ninth overall in spending total so they spend some money but they're sixth in goalkeeping 27th in defense the 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 seattle sounders spend less on defense than anybody else um i would like to say that these numbers are approximations um and the reason they're approximations is that sometimes guys are listed at having two um different positions eric and whenever they have two different positions, I have to choose one for them. And so I do it very scientifically. I could look up all like 70 or 80 or 90 <laughs> people and try to figure out what it is, but no, I don't have, I don't yeah. have the time. So whatever's lift, listed first, usually it's like midfield forward or defense yeah. midfield or midfield defense. Whatever's listed first, that's what I think. For, for, yeah, that's or it. forward midfield. Yeah. 
Yeah. It all pops up there. Yeah. But but it gives you a general idea. And and going back to the Galaxy's rankings, where the midfield is their lowest, uh, you know, their lowest spending out of uh, the, the all the positions, that makes sense. I think we've always said the midfield is the part that needs the most work. I think, uh, you know, you, you could argue, you know, the, <laughs> the defense spending the most on it. They're trying there. The results hasn't been there, but the money has definitely been dumped into the defense. Same thing with, with uh, forward. Obviously, when you're paying the second highest person in the league, that number is going to skyrocket. Um, but, but I think it also gives you a good, if you're planning for the future, you say, okay, where are we not spending money? We're not spending it on the, in the midfield. That's where maybe we need to make a splash. That's where the impact needs to happen right. in order to maximize your needs. So, um, I, I think, you know, if you're going to take anything away from these salaries, it gives you an idea uh, of where, where you need to go, where you, you know, if, if you're spending the most on defense and the results aren't there and that tells you something also. So, uh, not that it means too much, but it could give you some clues on, on where the galaxy could be going because we've looked in past seasons on what their spending was. And then they've probably made some adjustments, uh, to kind of keep up with the rest of the league. Yeah. I will say that there are 34 players on the roster for the LA galaxy, which is one of the reasons that they're spending probably tips out over, over everybody yeah. else. Uh, the people Gonzalez, I think, um, Augie Williams is still on there. Not a lot of money, but it's still, there's guys on the roster who are not on the roster right now, basically. Um, and the galaxy are paying, uh, Logan asks, you know, do I think it's good spending or bad spending? Well, it's, you know, uh, I, if I remember correctly, Toronto had like the highest spending team, uh, and they were winning, you know, an MLS cup and they had one of the best seasons and they were winning a treble and stuff like that. So like, if you're going to spend that much, then yeah, you need results, that type of thing. Uh, I think the galaxy in this position that they are in right now, uh, yeah, they're overspending in some areas. Uh, certainly if you look at, there's some bad contracts that they're writing off and they're going to get rid of, and there's some things that they're going to do. Um, you know, if you're trying to resurrect a uh, a a a dying uh, sort of franchise over the last four years that has been just pathetic, whenever you look at what the results have been, um, then I, I think that you need to spend, and that means you're not that yeah. means you're going to one overpay for some, and you're not always going to get what you think you're going to get out of uh, out of different players, and you know you sort of live with that. We we talked about Javier Hernandez being the the top play, paid player on the LA Galaxy. Jonathan Dos Santos is second at two million, so uh, Javi has a six million dollar guaranteed salary. John Jonathan Dos Santos at two million, uh, Kevin Cabral at one point four million. Lots of people obviously will have some. There's there's some development money in that uh, for his salary mm -hmm. at one point four. They're like, we expect you to develop that. Um, Sam Grancier, almost a million dollars. You know, nine hundred thirty eight thousand dollars. Sebastian Legette, nine hundred twenty three thousand dollars. Ravellison at eight fifty five. You know, some people are saying, oh, Sebastian Legette is way overpaid for for what he's doing. You don't get paid for what you're doing now. You get paid what you did. Um, that's how contracts have always worked. It just, you know, sometimes guys outperform their contracts. Sometimes they underperform. I actually think, and, think that he's for his age and his experience and everything, that that's probably not a horrible number for him, but you do expect more from him out of that. Um, yeah. so I'm not, and I, I think it's, it's the way the league is structured also just the, the more veteran you are in the league, the higher your salary has to be. And so I think that, you know, that that's, that's kind of part of it. And with his notoriety, you know, that's that's kind of where he's going to land. So I obviously he's not on the other side of those contracts where oh. you know once he gets a little bit older then that right. number will, will come down. But you know based on what he was doing before and his age, I think that's that's he's probably at his peak right now of what his salary is going to be. That's it. Uh, unless someone else you know he comes in. But going back to to Logan's question about is this good spending or bad spending, I think it's good spending, but it's bad value. Yeah. You know, obviously they can get more value out of what they're spending, but I have no problem with them 
you can see they were trying to address the issues, you know. Uh, so obviously with Zlatan leaving, you need to address the issue at forward. They they did that. Uh, you know, defense was struggling. They addressed that. They tried to fix it. Obviously the the value isn't there. They could be paying, uh, you know, players maybe a smaller salary and the better players, but you never know how that's going to sh- shake out. So I think I have no problem with the spending, but I think they're not getting the full value for that that price tag that they have on it. Well, well, somebody was saying, oh, well, you know, Javier is clearly underperforming his contract at $6 million a year. And I said, well, how much of that do you put on the field? And how much of that do you put, you know, in his other stuff? Because in some of his other stuff, I mean, I would, you know, is Javier's a probably $3 million player whenever you think about what he brings sort of on the field. So maybe a three, three and a half million dollar player. I, the guy has 13 goals in 18 games so far this year. Yeah. You, you look at the what injury. What is that worth to yeah, you? What, and what is that? And, and what is off the field worth to you? I don't know that it's a horrible contract. It's a lot. It's $6 million, second highest paid player in the year. But I mean, if you look across the the street at, at LAFC and what they're paying Carlos Vela, who's the highest paid player in Major League Soccer for this season, you're going to say, well, you're not getting your, but you were getting your money's yeah. worth out of him. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, you have to, you have to take it all in you know, just sort of this totality of, of what you're seeing. So I, again, I, I have less of a problem. There's nothing on here. I sit here and say like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. I think the biggest thing everybody was looking at was Nick Depew, um, and you know, making 81,000 and, and oh man, what is, you know, Oh, he's so, he deserves a raise and the whole thing. It's like he was signed as a backup and now he's starting. So that, that contract's not going to reflect his, his true worth right now. And it was also based on, you know, these G2 signings when they go up, you look at that list on the bottom, oh. it's all G2 call-ups. It's all going to be in that same, you know, Daniel Aguirre, Augie Williams, Eric Lopez, Klingsman, uh, you know, Carlos Harvey, Nick DePew. They're all in that same range, Kai Kariniak, uh, you know, so th- that's just, it's kind of uh, the price of doing business. <laughs> well, you know, when, when well, you call those guys up, that you're not going to call a guy up and pay him half a million dollars. That's right. just not the, the way the structure works. Well, and, and there's another important part to this that everybody needs to remember. These are not salary cap numbers. This is not how much they cost against the salary cap. Because if you look at, uh, you know, Julian Araujo, um, I'm, I want to make sure I get it, or even Efrain Alvarez, that's $612,000 right now, right? Um, Julian Araujo is making $653,750. Um, that's, those aren't salary cap hits. I think they're at 220 is, is what their salary cap hit is. So that's huge value for what you're getting yeah. for each. And listen, I mean, Efrain Alvarez, you're paying them a lot of money, but they are only costing 220, um, against, you know, against some of these things. Um, and so, you know, the galaxy are maximizing the salary budget, um, while also maximizing the amount of money that they're able to put in the pockets of some of these players, which makes them, I mean, Listen, Julian Rajo, if he's making this much money, right? Um, if he's going to make that much money, does he need to go to Europe next season? Is he happy to stay another season? Would you? And if you're the LA Galaxy, do you want that to happen? I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, if you look at the drop off between whatever you're going to get, if you sell Julian Rajo and whatever comes in, there's going to be a drop off. There's no way you're going to match like for like. And so, yeah. There's something there's something to be said about how you how you do this and how you structure it. And, uh, you know, uh, E-Super says, you know, put some of that money to improve the scouting mechanism and infrastructure. Listen, AEG has plenty of money. If they don't want to spend it on the scouting structure, that's up to them. But they're going to maximize what they're going to do on the field. Again, this is a salary cap compliant team With, at these numbers. But to E-Super's point, if you spend more money on the scouting mechanism, then you'll spend less money on your salary. Maybe because you're going to be able to find, you know, potentially find the, those diamonds in the rough type players, those, uh, you know, those players who are, I would, you know, maybe not, you will find more value. Maybe 
Correct. Maybe you will find more value. Maybe. So you put more money in that bucket to save money in the other bucket. So it's 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 the LA <laughs> Galaxy knows? are still going to spend their maximum amount of the 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 you know it's paying Sebastian Legette almost a million dollars. That's fine. If you get somebody else who's going to replace Sebastian Legette, you're still going to pay whoever comes in for him at a million dollars. You would just hope that there would be more value with that, which means he would be a better player. That's what you're looking at. The Galaxy are still going to spend this amount, amount of money because they're one of the big teams. And well, and to that point, I think it's something that gets brought up a lot uh, when you talk about the NBA with with the Lakers and with the Dodgers. When you're consistently on the top spenders in the league, that also makes you a desirable location because a player knows if I go to this team, they're going to take care of me. They're going to pay me well. Uh, maybe they'll overpay me, but you know the type of players, the type of players that you're going to get, you're going to get a, a, a player who's going to be hungry, who's going to want to, you know, make that money. You're going to have that that uh, that player with the edge and that you know selfish piece that, that we were talking about they're going to want to come to your team because they know that you're going to spend and so that that could be a good thing uh almost like a recruiting tool in a way i, I want to make it clear though that there is no restriction on the la galaxy spending on scouting there's nothing that tells them they can't spend as much money yeah, if they wanted that's to spend an outside bucket if they wanted to spend a hundred million dollars on scouting they could spend a hundred million dollars on scouting right and that's up to aeg and that's up to uncle phil and how they want to do that and how they want to spend that money Right. But again, I don't think the on the field budget affects the off the field budget for the L.A. Galaxy. It might at some other teams, but not for AEG. You know, we keep seeing the list that's circulating around. Uh, You know, Phil Anschutz is the sixth or seventh richest owner in all of football um, that owns the L.A. Galaxy. Right. So, you know, you could obviously that list came out because of uh, Newcastle United and their new owners and why they're number one and everybody else that's sort of in that. But Phil Anschutz is a very rich guy. There's no reason that AEG can't put more money. And I'll tell you right now, I think they failed to do that over the in this entire time since Bruce Arena left. They have failed to invest in that scouting infrastructure. So um, and that's that's been the biggest issue. And and we've talked about it with when Dennis DeClose has come on. It's this this region that, you know, you should be able to to, to find the talent and to, to be able to scout here. And it just seems like. Uh, for some reason it, it, it hasn't, hasn't turned out, uh, you know, we, we haven't cranked out the, those products like, like you would have, you would have imagined right. given, uh, you know, the Southern California area. All right. Uh, just checking real quick, by the way, uh, I went through and listed the top 100 most expensive players in major league soccer. And then I sort of tried to figure out, you know, how many of them were on each team and blah, 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 the whole deal. Uh, the LA galaxy have five. Uh, five top 100 players in terms of how much they're getting paid on the guaranteed salary. They have number two in Javier Hernandez, number 27 in Jonathan Del Santos, number 42 in Kevin Cabral, number 87 in Samuel Grancer, and number 89 in Sebastian Legette. So that's how they sort of figure out. Uh, Toronto has six. Sporting Kansas City has six players in the top 100. It's really interesting, by the way. Um, I should go and like cut all these out just so that way everybody can sort of see the distributions on some of these are like, oh, well, you know, one team has four, but they're all like 60 or higher. Higher. Um, so I thought some of that was really okay. interesting. Uh, like uh, Nashville has six, six of the top 100 players play for Nashville. 37, 47, 67, 77. I don't make this up. It's like they were trying to do it. <laughs> I was going to say, are you, bingo. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think I filled my card. Yeah. 37, 47, 67, 77, 82nd and 99. Those are their sixth. Right. So you look at the distribution there. Now, if you as you would imagine, as you get closer to one, the dollar amounts really skew up, right? There's this exponential yeah. growth that sort of escalates towards the end. So if you're outside of the top 20 on those, this isn't, you can, you can do this. You can amass more. Uh, yeah. LAFC has, um, 
has four, only four on there. The LA Galaxy, as we said, have five. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else. Like New York Red Bulls only have two, and they're 60 and 88, right? I mean, it, like, yeah. it's just Houston. But compared to their whole spending. The, you right. Know. Well, well, it, it kind of surprises me that Houston has four, um, 45, 50, 56, and 62. Right. Like this little clump, like right in the center of the of the thing. And, and that's sort of how it goes out. So anyway, uh, Toronto has six. Sporting Kansas City has six. Portland has five. Uh, Nashville is six. Uh, da, 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 da. The, the Dallas, by the way. Un. Un one. As in wow. as in one. I didn't see I didn't yeah. see how far it was down the list, but it was it was one. Yeah. Um, well, anyone yeah. anyone that gets paid, you know, goes to Europe. Yeah. Check check yeah. Roma, check uh, Ven- <laughs> Venice, see, yeah. see where those guys are getting paid because they're not getting paid at FC Dallas, that's for sure. Colorado with two, by the way. So just sort of uh, interesting little tidbits that I was able to pull. Let's get you ready for FC Dallas um, because this game is an important one. Uh, the best chance the LA Galaxy have at getting nine points out of eight days uh, and also gets them and allows them to sort of, you know, get ready for the next uh, big breathe in that they're going to have to do going at Sporting Kansas City, uh, going at Seattle. So those are going to be big games that you're going to want to take and really focus in on. Um, And so that's what's sort of coming up here for the LA Galaxy. Uh, So again, 7 p.m. kickoff time. This game um, will kick off exactly at 7.08 p.m. It's on Unamas and TUDN. So that's where you can find it. Um, Usually those games can be found on Twitter whenever they go put Mm -hmm. out as well. So if you can't watch it, you can watch it on Twitter. And that's usually in English. uh, So you can check that out uh, for all my non-Spanish speakers. Uh, This series is... Yeah, go ahead. Pro tip also, uh, for those of you who may get frustrated, you know, I don't want to watch a game on Twitter. If, you know, have a smart TV or an Apple TV, screencasting it, flick it on there. Yep. That, that's that's the way to go. That's that's the pro move. If you haven't, you know, if, if you feel like you need to be locked to a laptop or a smartphone, you know, tr- try casting it. I, that, that's my recommendation if you, if you haven't thought of that yet. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's it's a very very interesting one. Um, all right, so that's sort of where we sit on that. I, I wanted to say the series is a long one. Um, these are two original teams: thirty nine wins for the LA Galaxy, thirty four wins for FC Dallas, twelve draws, only twelve draws in all of those games, Eric. Which means that you're probably going to get a, get a result out of this one, right? Yeah, it's kind of weird the, the the history of this, but but for some reason the history always holds. There's certain teams that you know the Galaxy struggle struggle against, and it doesn't matter what season it is or how good they are. Just for historically, for some reason, it, it pans out. And so when you say that there hasn't been a lot of draws with these teams, uh, for some reason that that holds. And so when you go you look back even to the the Dallas Burn days. Uh, before FC Dallas, you know, I remember a lot of shootouts, high scoring games there. So, so yeah, when these two teams meet up there, it, it always gets interesting. It's uh there's a, there's a lot of games going on uh, this weekend. Uh, a lot of MLS games, a lot of games around the world as well. Everybody's sort of getting back into things uh, as it goes. Uh, I was trying to look and sort of see what it looks like in terms of the home team winning games and the home team does win a lot of these games, but you can certainly go back to, uh, well, 2016 and 2017 where the galaxy weren't winners, uh, drew in, in 2016 lost in 2017, not necessarily a, a big surprise. Um, FC Dallas at home, LA galaxy lost uh, three to two in 2018. Um, so there's a, uh, you know, there's a real sort of, 
uh, rivalry that goes on with these, but it's again, I think you hit it best is that there are some teams that just don't go well together that are always weird games. Um, and Dallas yeah. has, has always been one of those teams. Now, uh, Ricardo Pepe, uh, the, the guy who, uh, everybody in the U S men's national team camp needs to thank the LA galaxy for allowing, uh, Pepe to score a hat trick against the <laughs> LA galaxy earlier this year when yeah, FC Dallas won four nothing. Uh, he is was did not play in this game against uh, LAFC, uh, and the the official reason is that he had a cut, um, and I don't know exactly where, but it was a cut that required stitches. Uh, it was something he suffered whenever he was with the U.S. Men's National Team, and so they were mm-hmm. waiting for that to heal before he would get back out there. Now, um, the the other thing uh, that certainly is happening is that there are rumors out there that Pepe told uh, FC Dallas he wants out. Um, and so Correct. that could also be a thing. And I, I know Eric, you and I were texting sort of beforehand. And you're like, yeah, you, your theory or, or your possible, uh, conspiracy, yeah, my theory. possible theory. And, and I, I saw it in the chat as well. Obviously the official word is injury and it could very well be an injury, but we also know if, if this were a playoff race or if there were uh, an important matchup, you know, for the U S national team, you know, maybe it gets bandaged and maybe he goes in. But with, you know, scouts coming around, there's been, you know, interest from Europe, word of either, uh, you know, uh, I think um, uh, Dortmund was a team that was sniffing around. Ajax is another team that was sniffing around. So if he's already requested the trade, there are wheels in motion for him to end up in Europe this winter. This winter, right. Uh, yeah. Why, why are you going to play a game where you're already eliminated and risk further injury? Uh, so even if it is, quote unquote, healed and ready to go he, he maybe it, maybe it is still hurting maybe it's still bugging me maybe i don't need to play in this game uh and so i think you know it's it's a conspiracy theory no one's ever gonna come out and say that's exactly what's happening but i, I wouldn't be surprised if pepe didn't play pepe didn't play in this game uh you know if he didn't travel to, to la because one maybe the injury's not quite ready yet and then the other part of it there's you know uh, heavy interest in Europe and he's probably not going to be, uh, I wouldn't say even say probably he's definitely not going to be with FC Dallas, uh, you know, in the next couple of months. So I think, uh, it's, it behooves him best not to play and not to risk further injury. Yeah. Especially getting some time with the U S men's national team can allow him to get those, uh, that, that work permit, um, overseas as well. Uh, the LA galaxy 13, 11 and six Dallas, six, 14 and 10, just 28 points uh, on the road. Dallas is two ten and three, just nine points on the road all year. That's usually the sign of death whenever you think about that for the LA Galaxy trying to win a game. Uh, the Galaxy, fifth in the Western Conference, ninth in the Sports Show. By the way, your LA Galaxy, once again, said it on Monday. It was true. Uh, it's even more true today. The LA Galaxy are a top 10 team in Major League Soccer right now. So as bad as you want to say the season is and all those things, as it stands right now, ninth in the Sports Shield. A top 10 team in Major League Soccer after finishing very near the dang bottom of the entire league last year in 2020 shortened season a whole bunch of stuff who knows if the wooden spoon would have come around if there were 34 games in that season because it was not yeah. getting better um but however you look at that you have to think that currently that's a very big uh, improvement we talked about fc dallas 12th in the western conference and 24th in the sporter shield and they have that nice little e next to them which tells you they have been eliminated from playoff contention this year so no playoffs for them that happened after last game that happened after a heartbreak game they lost 3-2 to lafc uh, again little comfort behind game we sort of talked about it a little bit uh for me looking at this fc dallas team they certainly have some technical ability in tight spaces they were able to unlock lafc um i I, they did not play over the weekend which i think is super super important when you're looking at this they're on game two of two this week and not game three of three yes they're traveling but that's going to give them maybe a little bit more energy in this game uh than maybe they had 
or maybe not because maybe they've not. been eliminated. Because because we saw we saw it with Houston. Um, you know, th- there was a little fight in there, but they also when when they got that adversity, uh, they they folded. It's like that the, a bit of a house of cards. So once once you poke it in the right spot, it all comes tumbling down. So I I, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, uh, you know, without their 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 peppy train riding into town, being eliminated from the playoffs, I could see them just not getting up for this game and just kind of being lackadaisical and going through the motion. And then the galaxy who's hot feeling themselves, uh, you know, they, they can run away with it. Yeah. It's a, this is all very interesting in terms of, you know, the tricky game I thought was the Houston game. This game also is a little tricky just in terms, but if the, the galaxy approached us with the same sort of energy that they had in the Houston game in that first half, then they can put this game away and do the same thing to, to Dallas. They did to Houston, right? Yeah. And I I think they will. And based on, even even during the winless streak, we saw them attacking and and pushing hard in those first halves and creating chances. I think uh, that's going to be those are going to be the directions from Greg Vanny is to go out and be aggressive and score early and score often and and put it put it out of reach that we don't have to worry about it and and you can you can move on. And so uh, you know I, hopefully we see another Adam Saldana victory cigar. And, you know when, once he comes on the field, you know that the game is iced. So right. I, I think uh, that that that's the thing you you want to look for. Get those goals early. Rest your guys because it's the third week. You know, get some of those younger guys that experience down the stretch. I, th- I think that's the goal. Yeah, the, their defense has not been good, by the way. Uh, they've given up 50 goals uh, so far this year, so worse than the LA Galaxy's defense. Uh, movement will absolutely unsettle them. You could see it in the LAFC game. If you're quick and decisive with your movement, you can unlock this defense. That midfield is not what it should be, um, and uh, a lot of teams are able to run right up the gut on this. I'll say this, that FC Dallas itself plays similar a little bit to the LA Galaxy in terms of they like to play outside on the wings, and they like to move the wings, the, the ball from outside on the wings in behind uh, for their strikers. So expect a lot of balls being played sort of from that middle position on the outside um, to curling sort of uh, curling, searching balls in behind against a defense. So uh, when you're looking at guys like Derek Williams and Nick Depew, it's going to be incumbent on them to watch for those balls and to drop in whenever those happen. So that way they can cut those out before they become dangerous. And if they do get in back behind, they can't get beat straight down the gut and down the middle. And it looks like FC Dallas really tries to beat you up the middle um, once they work the ball from the outsides, which is, uh, you know, it, it's again, uh, they can beat you in, a, in different ways. And you saw it. They, got, they beat the Galaxy four to nothing. Um, if Dallas yeah. scores the first goal, you know, do you see do you see the Galaxy coming back? We haven't seen that in this Galaxy team um, basically all year. But that could happen if it's something fluky. The Galaxy need to be tough enough to, to understand Dallas is not strong enough to withstand their pressure. And they showed it whenever they lost to LAFC. Yeah, I think you saw a little bit of it with Portland. When when Portland tied, you did see a reaction from the Galaxy to push a little, to push more forward and to and to get that winning goal. Um, so so if even if Dallas scores first, I think it's something that the Galaxy will see if they can do it. But I think they do have the ability to come back and come from behind and, and handle their business. And so I I was I know we were. Uh, preemptively celebrating a little bit, but there's some talent on that team as well. When you look at Ferreira, you look at Hara, th- those are, those are decent goal scorers and they've had their moments, uh, during this season as well. You know, I think, uh, you know, uh, FC Dallas is coming in. They're also eight games. They're eight games winless coming into this one. Their last win was that five, three barn burner at Austin. Yeah. And so they had, you know, they have the ability to score goals and just, they, they've, they've gone on a bit of a cold streak. So don't, don't sleep on them. I'm seeing a lot of people in the chat saying Dallas will want to be spoiler. And that, that happens a lot with these teams. Also, sometimes these teams come in, yeah, they have nothing to play for, but if they know they're going to mess up your day, you know, maybe that's what they use to get fired up for it. 
uh, winless in their last eight, one win in their last 12 games. Uh, the last time they met, obviously, the Galaxy lost four to nothing. Since then, they won at, OK, at, at SKC. Uh, two to one, and then they won versus Austin uh, twice. So those are their wins that they've had is two wins against Austin in that time. So again, not exactly a highlight reel of, of, of yeah. victories. Although, you know, the galaxy didn't beat Austin uh, in, in Austin. So. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a funny thing too. You look at their, their form guide or their, they're in the standings. Dallas only, Dallas only has six wins. And just to think that, you know, to only have six wins, two are against Austin, and one of those is against the Galaxy. That's a it's a bit of a red mark on the Galaxy there. Two ten and so they, three. The, the Galaxy should get up for this, for vengeance, for that, just to make things right. Yeah, oh four and one in their last five games for for FC Dallas. Uh, all right, what does five thirty eight say? Five thirty eight has the Galaxy with a fifty three percent chance to win. So heavy, heavy favorites. And FC Dallas only a twenty three percent chance to win, and then a twenty four percent chance for a tie. So it's the third highest, third highest. Uh, winning percentage expectation uh, of the slate for the weekend. So uh, 538 believes in the Galaxy. They were right against Portland. They were right against uh, Houston, I believe. So we'll see if they're right again. Uh, E-Super asking, by the way, uh, Victor Vasquez dealing with a little bit of an injury issue. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was some tightness or some tenderness in some body part, limb, extremity, however, however it was. And so it was good that they got to rest, but he was available and could come in. So you expect that Victor Vasquez will be healed enough to play this weekend. Whether he starts, we'll see. Uh, could be a repeat of Sebastian Legette, uh, just depending on how they're actually looking at that. The other thing is uh, via Fania, Still working himself back. Uh, last we talked to Greg about that, you know, basically he said there's a bone bruise still in there. He's still working back. If they can, if he can manage the pain, he can play. But right now that hasn't been the case. Uh, and I don't think they're in any rush to sort of get them back. So, um, yeah, that's sort of uh, that's sort of where I see uh, this this L.A. Galaxy team. Other than that, I didn't hear of any other injuries. Um, I don't know of any other absences for this game that's coming up as well. So um, I think that for the most part, the Galaxy will have who they want, where they want. And I think that Greg Vanny has rotated and rested his players to give himself what he wants as sort of his a lineup or at least the lineup that he thinks can beat fc dallas because maybe those are two different things um certainly yeah. <laughs> looking into some busy still a busy time of the year uh you know to sort of close things out and again undefeated so far in october important to say just because the galaxy have not been in that position in a very long time but if you're going to be undefeated in a month that has uh five games in it October sounds like a great, great month to sort of keep yeah. running that through. So we'll see if the Galaxy can get back FC Dallas again at 7.08 p.m. kickoff time. Uh, T.U. Duan, uh, Unamas. Um, and of course, it should be on Twitter as well. So that's what I have. Anything, any closing thoughts on uh, on this game, Eric? No, I think, uh, you know, nine points in, in eight days. I think that's something that we've always talked about the last day, the, the third game being where the, the wheels fall off. I think this is an opportunity for the Galaxy to show that, you know, they're moving and trending in the right direction, peaking at the right time. The, the points are there for the taking, and I look forward to seeing the Galaxy take those points. It'll be, uh, what's your score prediction? My score prediction, I have 3-1 LA Galaxy. I think they let one in because uh, FC Dallas is going to scare them a little bit, but I think they'll, they'll they'll get it done early and often. Yeah, such a huge chance for the LA Galaxy to possibly jump into fourth place. Uh, all of the motivational factors have to be there for them. Uh, you know, they talk about being finals and all that sort of fun stuff. It's not. It's just that, you know, it, again, we've talked about must-win games and, like, you know, games that are just really important. This is just such a monumentally big game now that you have a chance to get nine points. Um, out of these three games and this week, knowing you're going away to SKC, knowing you're going away to Seattle. And then, you know, there's going to be a lot. I think almost regardless of what happens, unless the Galaxy somehow run the table against SKC in Seattle, there's going to be a lot of emphasis placed on the last game against Minnesota. Um, so, you know, the, the doing your job here without looking ahead 
um, is just such a a little dance you're going to have to do, right? You need to be motivated. You need to understand, but you need to understand you're better than FC Dallas and that you can play better than them. This isn't a, a, you know, an arrogance thing. It's a confidence thing. Um, I think the galaxy are are dealing in confidence right now. I I don't think that there's any issue with that. It's, it's a, such a slight tweak than I think what happened in Austin. I think in Austin, they went in there knowing that they were better than Austin and they got let down. So it's, it's just a, a, like you said, it's, it's a, the difference between arrogance and confidence. Arrogance will make you lose to the last place team. Confidence will help you beat those last place teams. So it's just a slight tweak, you know, of, of mentality, knowing in there that you're better than them, but still doing your job. That's the big difference as opposed to, thinking you're better than them and then taking the foot off the gas, which is, I don't think that's what this team is feeling right now. Yeah. I'm going to say a uh, two nothing win for the LA galaxy. I think that the defense is finally coming into the form I expected them to have. Um, so, you know, back to back clean sheets again, the confidence level that, that would sort of induce would be, uh, would be very good. Uh, there's zero reason why the LA galaxy should lose this game. Uh, there's yeah. zero reason why the LA galaxy should draw this game. <laughs> there, there really is. I mean, there's, there's no excuses. But, Having said that, I, it but, wouldn't surprise me if either of those things happen. But there's yeah. there's no excuse for it. The more we say it, the more we guarantee it, the more it points in the right direction, the less and less I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just I, the, I way, the way the galaxy goes sometimes. Hey, the, you know. the, the pessimist in, a, in us. I, w- I would just like to say I, I've said it on multiple podcasts that whenever we had six games left and I said, w- would, it, would it surprise you if the LA Galaxy won all six games and everybody's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Yeah, the Galaxy thought, are perfectly capable of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were wrong, but here I am <laughs> hyping myself up against SKC in Seattle saying these these are winnable games. They've played them well. If, if they beat Dallas, they'll be halfway to that. So um, that's that's just uh, just keep that in mind. Again, Galaxy have a game against FC Dallas, 7.08 p.m. kickoff time. Uh, hopefully we'll see everybody there i know the galaxy are trying to press for it only fifteen thousand plus um at the game last saturday this is another saturday night hopefully there is less yeah. interference from other sports around um and we'll see if that actually holds true or not um but well, hopefully you get out there and, and enjoy these these almost playoff atmosphere type games that are that are being played right now yeah if if you're looking at this from a from a different perspective here's my sales pitch there's only a potential of only two more galaxy home games left and so if you're, you know, counting your, your, your wishes and seeing how much time do I have, this may be one of your last opportunities to see the galaxy win a game at home. Maybe things are iced by that Minnesota game at the end on decision day. Uh, and maybe they don't need to go all out and you don't need to worry about it. So this is an opportunity. If you want to see the galaxy handle their business, this is one of those, uh, you know, kind of last, op- last chance, uh, especially if, if Portland doesn't cooperate and, and gets that home playoff spot, one of your last opportunities to see the galaxy this season at home. Very, very good. All right. I think that wraps up the show. Eric, anything else? You good? I'm good. Ready to roll. Tell people where they can find you. Let's go. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Hammer EV. You can also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P-R-O-F-O-U-L. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com, our YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, review, do all those fun things that you could do for the podcast, uh, whether it's on YouTube or anywhere else. Uh, sign up, subscribe, tell your friends, do all that fun stuff. LA Galaxy closing in on a playoff spot. Hopefully, hopefully some good news on this Saturday uh, as they can possibly get past FC Dallas. All right, for Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Josh Pato. Guess when you've been listening, you've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. 
And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.